Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. This uh, eagerness to indulge in lustful pleasures. It's the work of the flesh. Some of these things kind of go without saying. You're kind of like, yeah, I mean, we get it, right? Well, Paul had to go through these things one by one so that we really do get it. Because we live in a world that does not get it. They don't get it. And debauchery is, it's a thing that's celebrated in our world, if we're honest. We'll throw citywide parties for debauchery and we'll just, you know, shrug it off as like, oh, it's just, it's just what we do. Our culture has grown desensitized to many things that scripture designates as wicked. God created us with a capacity for pleasure and emotion, but in our desire to be like God and be in control, we choose to serve self, even when it hurts others or the bodies that God gave us. As Pastor James will remind us in today's message, we need to be aware of the subtle ways that sin can pervade our lives, as well as the church. God desires so much better than for us to live in the destruction that sin brings. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Galatians chapter 5, with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. Develop relationships naturally, naturally. Don't force relationships because then you're using somebody and that's not okay. Open up your home, open up your dinner table, bring people from all kinds of different ethnicities and backgrounds and cultures to your dinner table, share a meal with each other. Best way to knock down barriers, just be real with people. But it has to start with like hearing from the Lord and seeing people the way that he sees people. That's my, that's my spiel, okay? That's, that, that's it. Um, but it all ties into this. I'm not getting off topic. It all ties into this. So let's go through these. Let's go through what walking in the Spirit does not look like, okay? Spirit will never lead you into these things, meaning this. He will never give you the green light when it comes to these things on this list that we're going to read through. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, your lives will produce these evil results, okay? Fruit. Let's talk about fruit, okay? Um, you can't manufacture fruit, right? You, something alive has to bear fruit. That's just how that works, okay? I don't know if our scientists have figured out how to create fruit. If they have, I don't want to eat it, okay? Because that just seems wrong, okay? I'd rather have it if it just comes off the tree or out of the ground, sweet, right? There we go. That's how a fruit is produced. Now, there's two types of fruit. There's good fruit and there's bad fruit. And if you're a Christian, people will know what you're about by how you live your life. And that's all right. Guess what? You need to get used to the fact that people have every right to look at your life and, and watch how you live. And they can question you about anything that they want to. And if you're offended by that, then you have something wrong with you. And it's called sin. And it's probably called, more specifically, pride. Because if somebody can't just walk up to you and say, like, hey, I didn't know Christians could do that. I just saw you flip off that guy or that cut you off. Can Christians do that? Because I really want to do that. I was like, nah, you probably shouldn't be doing that. Why? Because that's not kind. That's not loving. 
You're hearing from somebody who's tempted on multiple times to show an unkind act to people as I'm like losing my brain, but that's not kind. That's not Christ-like. It's not. I didn't know Christians could do that. I didn't know people are watching you and they have every right to ask you any question that they want to. Because if you are a Christian, you are representing Jesus Christ and people are looking and they want to know. They want to know. But there are fruit that indicates that you are not walking with the Spirit. And here's the list. So here's the evil results. Sexual immorality. Oh, good. Let's start there. Okay. Why not? Um, Actually, technically, in some transcripts, it starts with adultery. What is adultery? Adultery is stepping outside of your marriage to have sex with somebody else. I'm sorry. There's kids in the room. I'm going to try to keep it as PG as I can, but let's just be real. That's what it is. It's unfaithfulness unfaithfulness. You have a commitment. You have a covenant with another individual, and it's stepping out on that. Here's the beauty of this. If that's happened, is that an unpardonable sin? No, it's not. No, it's not. Because we know what this is like within our world. The other thing is this. I don't want us to lose sight of it. What Jesus himself said about some of these sins. He says, hey, look, you've heard it say, you've heard it said, Thou shalt not commit adultery. And the Pharisees that he's hearing, they're like, yeah, yeah, we heard that. We haven't done that. He's like, oh, well, but, um, but I say, if you look at another person with lust, then you are committing adultery. And they're like, whoa, hold on. Like, no, we want to keep this surface level, Jesus. We don't want to deal with the issues of the heart. We don't want to go deep. We want to keep this surface level because it makes us feel good that we haven't broken any, quote, unquote, we haven't broken any of these laws. And Jesus is like, no, you're all guilty. You're all guilty. So bear that in mind as we go through this list. As you're like, you may be thinking like, well, at least I haven't done that one. Well, have you? Because I can check off guilty. Guilty. Looked at anybody with lust? Oh, yeah, guilty. Yeah, that's, that's a struggle. Hey, guess what? For guys, visual creatures, that's a struggle. Let's be real. Let's be honest. But it's not something you can't overcome. Let's also tell the truth, right? It's not something like some cop-out, like, well, God made me a visual creature, and that means it's just, I just got to do what I got to do, right? That's garbage. You're not, we're not relying on the Holy Spirit then, because this is a work of the flesh, not a work of the Spirit. But it's not unforgivable. It's not unredeemable. It goes on. So that, that one's there. It, that's a bonus, because that was written in some manuscripts, but left out of some other manuscripts, right? So that's fine. Um, Sexual immorality. Let's talk about this one. The, Greek, the technical word term there is pornea. We're automatically with the issue within our world. The pornea, we know it, pornography. Where do you get that? It comes from this term, sexual immorality. It's fornication. This is illicit sexual relationships outside of marriage, not even married. And some of this may be like, well, this is like, out, it's not outdated. Because let me tell you this, culturally, this was a problem in Galatia. This is a problem for these guys. In Roman, the Roman civilization, they, they valued marriage, and they even valued it this much. You can have your one wife, then you can have your best friend, who, you know, it's cool if, she, you know, if you're a dude and it's of the opposite sex. I would never recommend that, by the way. Never have your best friend as somebody who's not your spouse or somebody who's from the opposite sex. Not smart. Not smart at all. You can have friends who are, if you're a dude, you can have friends who are females, but they should never be your best friend if she's not your wife, period. You are treading a very dangerous line. 
But in their society, they're like, but you can have that, but then you can also have your, what I would say, your side piece. This is like, you know, whoever you could, you could just get with her. But you got your wife, she takes care of the house and the kids and all that good stuff. And you got your buddy that you can go get drinks with and all that stuff. But then you have your one that you can just hook up with whenever you want. That was their philosophy. That was their mentality. And Paul's like, hold on, that's not right. That's not right. That's not, a, that's not walking in the spirit. That's walking in the flesh. Is that unforgivable? No, no. Can you be redeemed from that? Totally, absolutely. Here's what I woke up at five o'clock this morning with. Uh, yeah, about five o'clock this morning. I mean, I don't know what it was, but I've been wrestling through this text all week long, and I believe it was the Lord who woke me up at five o'clock this morning. And immediately, as I'm, and I, I'm just right back into the book, I'm like working through this list, and the Lord's like, hey, I got an illustration for you. And I'm like, okay, I'm listening because I'm really bad at illustrations. I can't, I don't have, I, I have stories, but I don't know how to tell them, right? But he's like, no, 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 it's from my book. He's like, you remember King David? You remember David when it was that season when all the kings were out to war and David was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna take this one off and I think I'm gonna go hang out on my rooftop and just check out the city. And then there was this very attractive lady named Bathsheba taking a bath on the roof. I don't, I haven't done my research. I've studied through that many times, but is that, should she have been doing that at that point in time? I don't know. Should David have been like, because it wasn't the like, oh, hey, whoa, okay, I need to, I'm going to go back inside. Like, no, it was the second look, as you, you understand. Just narrowed in on her, asked about her, sent for her, impregnated her, murdered her husband, that baby died, brokenness, brokenness, brokenness. As the Lord is reminding me of this story, as I'm going through this list, and I was reminded of the, the psalm that David had followed up with this, and he was just talking about how inside of him, I mean, there was just this wasting away, so to speak, this, this like, it's, it's basically, it's conviction, carrying conviction with him. And then finally, the, this prophet named uh, Nathan showed up and was like, told him this cute little story about a lamb. He was like, hey, remember this guy, poor guy, he's got a lamb, only lamb, family loves a lamb. And then the rich dude who lives next door to him has like lots of lambs, okay? More than what he should have, <laughs> by the way, if you know the story. Um, but doesn't want to slaughter any of his own lambs, but goes and steals it from this guy. And David's outraged. And then that's that infamous thing where Nathan tells him, he's like, David, you're the man. It's you. You're guilty of this. And then, and then the repentance that's there. And that's what David followed up with the psalm that, that spoke about the, the repentance that followed up this story and the restoration that took place. It was not without its suffering. It was not without its pain because you reap what you sow. <clears throat> but David never stopped being a friend of God because of his choices. At least David showed us a, a man who's leading the nation who can make one of, you know, like, what are you doing? And we see this too many times today as well. You're, if you're, you know, up with the church world or anything like that, I've had too many of my heroes had to, had to bail out because of sin. Too many guys that I used to listen to 
that were very instrumental in the beginnings of my walk with the Lord Jesus that are no longer on the air because they stepped out on their wives. It's happened too many times, too many Davids in that sense, right? I don't know where those guys are at. I pray that there's been repentance and restoring and and all that stuff. They'll never get back what they once had. They'll never, they'll never have that. But I was reminded of that as going through this list of like the Lord saying, look, you can, you can have your moment. Everybody has a moment where you mess up. Moments are there. What we're going to talk about at the end of this little list is what we, we have to be on guard of is, is when it turns into that habitual type of thing. But the Lord, I think the Lord was, was encouraging me by just reminding me of David and, and the story that he walked through. And he, man, he messed up big time, big time, big time. But the Lord wasn't done with David. Now, was his family forever changed after that story? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's heartbreaking. You read through the story. We've been reading through the Bible through the year. We've already gone through, I mean, I'm going through with the Bible project, their plan. Um, so I've already gone past this, this story and all that stuff of, of David's sons who, who turned on each other and, and, and even Absalom, who was one to overthrow his, his dad and talk about works of the flesh. Absalom like represented them to the fullest. His family was never the same, but but God was not done with David. God was not done with David. Even though he, he committed multiple works of the flesh, the Lord was never, he wasn't done with him. So we'll keep moving. Impurity um, or impure thoughts. Uh, it's more uncleanness in thought, word, sometimes action, okay? Um, uncleanness. It's, it's that thing of like, to the pure, all things are pure, but to the undefiled, all things are kind of dirty, right? It's finding that for, for guys, if you grew up playing sports, that locker room mentality where the jokes are always there and the innuendo is always there and that gets permeated within your brain and stuff, like there's really no place for that type of stuff. If it's impure, be done with it. Pure thoughts, garbage in, garbage out, right? Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is honorable, whatever is worthy. Uh, Philippians talks about this. Focus, think on these things. Focus on these things. So impureness, uh, moral uncleanness, all that stuff. It's work of the flesh. Sensuality. I'm making a double check in here. Uh, how they, or sensuality, or eagerness for lustful pleasure, as New Living Translation says. Uh, it's debauchery. It's shameless, brazen displays of evil. That's what, uh, that's what that talks about, sensuality. It's just this willingness, this uh, eagerness to indulge in lustful pleasures. It's a work of the flesh. Some of these things kind of go without saying. You're kind of like, yeah, I mean, we get it, right? Well, Paul had to go through these things one by one so that we really do get it. Because we live in a world that does not get it. They don't get it. And debauchery is, it's a thing that's celebrated in our world, if we're honest, We'll throw citywide parties for debauchery, and we'll just you know, shrug it off as like, oh, it's just, it's just what we do. It's just what we do. I understand that from the world, but from the church, from believers, no, no. No, no. It's not just what we do. It's maybe what we did, but it's not what we do, okay? So those are like this, the, uh, what they call like the, the sensual kind of aspects of the works of the flesh. Now we'll move into some other ones. Idolatry. Idolatry is simple. It's placing anything or anyone above God, okay? God alone is worthy of your worship. 
Anytime you place anything or anyone above him, that's idolatry. That's idolatry. You yourself could be added to that list. If you place yourself above God, that's idolatry. That's idol worship is what that is. Participation in demonic activities or sorcery or witchcraft, okay? Which you're like, well, is that a thing? Is that still a thing? I guess it is. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> it still is a thing. But here's kind of what it's talking about here. This is the, the Greek definition there. It's pharmakia, okay, where you get pharmaceutical from. You're like, whoa, should I not be taking medicine? It's not talking about that, Okay. If, you're, if your head hurts, you need a, a ibuprofen, take an ibuprofen, right? Not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is worship of evil powers back then was accompanied by drugs to create trances, right? To take you to that other realm, right? Those of you who lived through the 60s, you had, what's his name, Timothy Leary? Is that the LSD guy, right? You know, wanted to take you into a whole nother dimension, a whole nother realm, and LSD will take you there. And well, imagine how fun worship can be if you're, if you're high on something, right? That's a work of the flesh, work of the flesh. This brings up all sorts of fun conversations for us to have these day and age, where, well, let's talk about marijuana. I'm not going to right now, but that's the question that normally comes up. Should people, can Christians smoke pot? What do you say, Pastor James? Well, I'd say this. What does the state of Texas say again? It says no, right? Okay, then no, no, don't do it. Now, the medicinal use of it and extracting the oils and all that stuff, listen, that fascinates me. I love learning about that stuff, uh, if that helps out with taking the oils, but you're not smoking a joint so that you, for, you know, to recover from this or that. It, that's not necessary if they can extract the good stuff out of the plant and maybe introduce it into your system through a, a, you know, a respirator or something like that. So can you use plants for medical benefits? We have been doing that for years. Is that a bad plant? I don't think it's a bad plant. Is it used badly? Of course it is. Guess what? Welcome to humanity. We mess up everything. We can turn the best things into the absolute worst things. Sugarcane. Ah, oh, delicious. But that's a problem, right? Sugar industry in our world is a big problem. Listen, you, um, you need to listen to the Lord because he has a lot to say about things of such nature, okay? So, but this sorcery, this witchcraft, the pharmakia, this is like taking your mind, it's a mind-altering substance. Uh, you are not like, you can't do this and worship God at the same time. You know that, right? Like, that's common sense. Because when you leave your mind and then you're expected to worship God in that way, how? How? God's made you mind, body, and soul, you can't subtract one of those things. You need all three of them. So don't take anything that's going to take your mind out of the equation. That's what they were doing, though. That's just what part of their practice. Let's go on to more of like um, social kind of issues. So you got uh, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery. The next one would be enmity. The other way to say that is hatred. Hate surprisingly so, is a work of the flesh. <laughs> You're like, really? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so when somebody says they hate somebody else, that's a work of the flesh, period. But, but, no buts, no buts. If I didn't mean that word, well, then don't say it. Then don't say it. If you didn't mean it, then don't say it. That's foolish. Oh, I hate that guy. What do you do? You know that's sin, right? 
Oh, no, I didn't mean it like that. Well, then don't say it. I got a problem with that guy. Okay, that's, that's fine. Let's talk about that. I got an issue with so-and-so. Okay, I think you're just kind of using the same words, but let's talk about that. Hate towards any group of people is literally what this is talking about because the word there, enmity, it, that it translated, it's hate, which is plural. So it's speaking of groups, enmity or hatred between groups or groups of people or tribes or whatever else you want to you throw into there. Hatred is a work of the flesh. It's a work of the flesh. And again, context-wise, we're talking about within the body too, okay? Because Paul's addressing the body here. What, people were hating each other inside the church? Yeah, yeah, you know that still happens today, right? <laughs> yeah, it does. People hate each other in church? Yeah, they do. And it's, it's sad. We're brothers and sisters, The church is one body. Would it make any sense if this part of side of my body hated the other side of my body? That wouldn't make any sense. Hatred is a work of the flesh. It's a work of the flesh. It's enmity. Strife. This is a result of hatred. Strife or discord is a natural result of hate. This this strife, this discord, this, this tearing apart... If, if I could describe it in another way. It's a result of hate. So when there's hatred in your heart towards somebody, guess what? That relationship, whatever it may have been, is going to be ripped apart. Because that's what hate does. Because guess what? That's what sin does and has done from the very beginning. That's our biggest problem. Back in the garden, sin came in and it ripped apart a relationship between humanity and God. So you have... Discord, um, uh, New Living Translation talks about it's, it's hostility uh, and it's quarreling. That's the other word for discord. Um, jealousy, jealousy is basically, it's just being self-centered, okay? It's self-centered. If you're a jealous person, you're a self-centered person. That's, you just boil it down as simple as that, right? You're only thinking about yourself. That's it. That's it. You're just thinking about yourself. Um, if that's, that should be an easy one for us to understand. I don't even think I have to define that. But So you got jealousy. You also have um, outbursts of anger, or I like how the ESV says, fits of rage. You ever have a toddler in your house? Fits of rage right there. Man, can you explain it? No. Can you reason with it? Not at all. Not at all. Um, fits of rage, fits of anger, outbursts of temper. Or think of it like this, an eruption. Where does that come from? The suppression, suppressing, 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 never dealing with anything. You're in a relationship with somebody and they do something and they keep saying something. You're just like, bury it down, push it down, push it down, push it down. Pressure's going to happen and it's going to explode. What you need to do is actually listen to what the Word of God says about this and says, don't let the sun go down on your anger or your wrath. Why? I don't want to talk to so-and-so. Oh, it'll come out. It'll come out. And it's going to be messy when it does. So you might as well just say, you know what? Can we talk? Can we talk? I'm having an issue. I'm having an issue. You keep saying this, and I'm hearing it like this, and it's causing issues. It's conflict management. You got to work through it. You got to work through it. You got to be willing to hear 
and willing to be able to speak with love and truth and all that stuff. Thanks for joining us today on Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. Pastor James has been teaching through the book of Galatians, a New Testament letter penned by the Apostle Paul. Its lessons on unity and holiness may have been written long ago, but these truths can still be applied in your life today. We pray that you've been encouraged by the messages you've heard on Bread for the Broken. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor James on this topic, you can visit our website today at breadforthebroken.com. Do you live in the Galveston area, and are you looking for a church home? We'd be honored to have you join us at Calvary Galveston this Sunday at 10 a.m. We're a laid-back church, and we encourage you to simply come as you are. You can get directions to our church and more information at breadforthebroken.com. If you're not able to come in person, that's okay. We're streaming our weekly services on Facebook Live. Just search for Calvary Galveston. Before our time with you is over for the day, we want to ask you a question. Would you partner with us here at Bread for the Broken? We'd be honored if you'd pray with us for everyone who's listening to this program, that God would open their hearts and minds to His truth. Would you also pray about partnering with us financially? All donations are appreciated, no matter the size. You can give securely online at breadforthebroken.com. Thanks for coming alongside us to share the gospel message. And thanks for listening today to Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you, man, who I love, man, and give it.